Welcome back to The Smoke Show Pod, a podcast about perception and confidence, how you perceive yourself, how other people perceive you, and how you think other people perceive you, and how and why that affects how we move through the world. I'm one of your hosts, Joelle. And I'm your other host, Paula. And today we wanted to talk about something very timely for anyone in their early 20s, recent college grad, and really anyone just trying to survive in this world. Mm -hmm. And that would be careers. Joel and I have found ourselves at a crux in our careers (laughs) where we're making a transition. We went through the whole post-grad, oh my God, am I going to get a job? And now we've been forced to make certain (laughs) career decisions based on um, things we like and don't like that we could have only learned by working. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll start with a company reveal. I work at Twitter. Still, post the 50% layoffs, post laying off all the contractors. Um, We'll see how much longer that lasts Um, in Joelle. Yeah, and I currently work at a major talent agency. Can I say it? I guess I can say now because I won't work there by the time this comes out. I work at United Talent Agency, which if you're not familiar with the entertainment space, it's probably one of the top three biggest entertainment Mm -hmm. agencies representing people across all avenues of creative fields, such as directing, acting, hosting, uh, online digital talent, writers, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But given that we're both in transition, and even though by the time this recording goes up, it'll have been past the initial shock of Mr. Musk's uh, acquisition (laughs) of Twitter, we thought it was a really timely topic just because career consumes so much of your self-worth i feel like oftentimes for better or worse at this age of being kind of a young adult so it just felt right um but before we get too much into the weeds to keep it consistent um and take it back to our roots paula on a scale of one to ten how attractive do you feel right now right now now that we're talking about our jobs i'd give it a three i'd Mm. give it a well no, I'd give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, considered, like, going higher because, like, at least I still have a job. Um, but honestly, I think that I lost, like, keeping my job in this situation. Like, I want that severance check so bad mm. so that I can free myself of this horrific situation. <laughs> and I, just for context, everything that you're reading in the headlines is true. And it's somehow true. worse internally. Everything Mm -hmm. that you're reading is accurate and happening, and it's still somehow worse on the inside. So, yeah. That's tough. That is tough. (laughs) Joelle, Um, and you? (laughs) I feel like your news is, like, happier than mine. Yeah, I will say we probably have, like, two transitions in very opposite directions where you loved your prior situation, and it's turned into something you no longer love. I didn't hate my job at a talent agency by any means, but I just knew it wasn't the end goal. It mm-hmm. wasn't where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. And mo- once I recognized that, it was a lot harder to have the motivation to like be putting 110% in every single day, which is the yeah. expectation, and just be really on it. And also realistically, as an assistant, when are you ever that like pumped to be like, yeah, I'm 25 and an assistant, you yeah. know, a yeah. lot of my coworkers are a lot younger. So given the transition I'm in now to be in a place that I'm more aligned with, that is more aligned with my long-term goals, feeling pretty good. I'm not going to lie. All right. I would say, I would say like a solid nine for right now. Period. The reason it's not a 10 is like, I do have hesitations about my next move, which we can get into later, but, um, 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's one of those things that I know fluctuates heavily mm-hmm. for both of us yeah. uh, in terms of how we're feeling about ourselves and how that relates to our jobs. Mm-hmm. But to wind it all back, give a little context on how both of us ended up where we are now. For those of you all who might be curious or going through your own career search, Paula, do you want to walk us through your uh, academic career to career journey. journey? Yeah. So during college, we went to a liberal arts school, Dartmouth College, Woo-hoo. where I studied sociolinguistic anthropology. Your next question, what is that? <laughs> I To make it short, I talked about talk, talking. Um basically talking about the way that what we say is shaped culturally. Um, That's and, so interesting. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And I actually feel like my college major did transition very well into my job because I do like advertising research. So basically it's digital anthropology. What are people doing in the digital space? I work at Twitter. So literally what are they saying? How can advertisers tap into that, generate conversations to get people to click on more ads and generate more revenue? (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nervous laughter. (laughs) And yeah, now I need to work somewhere that's not run by a madman. You also had a quick stint in between, but it wasn't your first job. I totally forgot. My first (laughs) job, my first job, I worked at an advertising agency. I was, was a part of IPG, which is one of the big four advertising agencies. Um, I worked on their Spotify account and I did like marketing analytics for them. Um, it was super random, but I'm glad that I found it because it made me realize I really want to work in media. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, Joelle, walk us through your journey. My journey. Uh, yeah, so as Paul mentioned, we went to Dartmouth together. I studied economics and film and digital arts. It was a very, I was an artsy snake, as they would say. <laughs> uh, but I knew I always wanted to work in production in media. So that's why I was like, I need to know how numbers work. And it has yeah. served me very well, I will say. Do I use any of my econ knowledge? Absolutely not. But people don't think I'm an idiot. So that's like a huge <laughs> plus, I feel like, in this industry. Um, they just like, yeah. oh, she's Asian. She oh said econ. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so after college, I... Uh, Took a little less conventional route. I took a nicely unpaid internship in San Francisco working at a commercial production company because I just needed a little more on the resume Mm -hmm. before I launched into BuzzFeed, which is the second, like I would say is my first real job after college. And I got that job because of a friend I met while interning at Nickelodeon. So a lot of like different pieces coming together to bring me to BuzzFeed where I did social strategy and then slowly weaseled my way over to the video production fellowship where Mm -hmm. I was only there for a quick six months making videos on BuzzFeed Videos YouTube. And uh, at the time that my contract ended, they dissolved my team. And then uh, I took it upon myself to transition into the larger, more traditional side of entertainment out of just, just digital media at a talent agency. And I assist an agent in the digital talent department which, you know, uses my BuzzFeed knowledge to some degree, but really is just an administrative role, <laughs> largely. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, if anyone's familiar with the jokes about being an assistant, you're kind of just doing all the less fun things that no one else wants to do. Yeah. But I would say I was really, really lucky in having a wonderful relationship with my boss and um, her giving me a lot more opportunity to do things that are like oftentimes outside the realms of what a normal assistant might be able to do and Mm -hmm. being able to interact with clients, being able to have a little more creative agency. Um, So really 
it's a tough gig and they pay you horribly, but <laughs> I relatively had an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that kind of brings me to where I am now as I'm transitioning out of the agency world. As I mentioned, I think part of me did hope that I wanted to be an agent one day and I hoped that I would fall in love with it and that I could just climb up that ladder. But the desire to make things was too strong and I could not deny what I feel like. I guess I'm just made, I'm just built for is yeah. making stuff. Honestly, um, yeah. Yeah. I've done it so forever. I have. It's truly like one of the biggest parts of my life. Mm-hmm. So now I find myself preparing to head back to BuzzFeed as a nice little boomerang, as we used to call them when I was uh, a fellow there. But I'm going to be a lead producer on Tasty, yeah, which huge. is kind of insane. Lead. Uh, lead, as in was not an assistant <laughs> or associate or junior producer, was not a producer. Yeah. I went straight from fellow to being Total a lead producer, producer, which is awesome, but leads to so much like imposter syndrome and all that mm. good stuff. But, you know, we'll get we'll get into that. But yeah. um Paula, for you, I'm curious how the transitions through these various parts of your career mm-hmm. have informed like your general sense of self, like how good you feel about yourself in each of these time periods. Yeah. Even just, you know, even if we want to just focus on your time at Twitter, yeah. it's had such a diverse experience that's really shaped like your mental and sometimes physical well-being. Yeah. Like what has that looked like for you? Um, so with my first job, I honestly just felt like I was kind of there. Like mm-hmm. I knew that that was not my end game it was truly like i need to learn skills so that i can move on so i got really into excel i learned how to code in sql mm. um girls who code girls who code <laughs> black women in tech um and also like i used that opportunity to like learn a lot so mm-hmm. i knew like mar- people say like oh i work in marketing what does that actually mean there's mm-hmm. like nine thousand different forms of marketing so also we were back in office this is pre-pandemic so i really used the opportunity to like figure out this is what these people do this is what this, these people do these are my options and that's how i found out about like market research that's ultimately where i decided to take my next step um and i think that while i was there while i knew it wasn't for me it was easy to like be focused and felt like i had purpose like i was there to learn mm-hmm. and get out Mm-hmm. So it, I didn't like put myself on like a timeline or anything, but I felt like this is my stepping stone. Mm-hmm. And then transitioning into Twitter, it was more of like, oh, like this is like my dream company. Like I've always wanted to work mm-hmm. here. I stay on Twitter. I'm always tweeting. Um, and then when I got there and then what it was actually like surpassed any like anything, anything I ever could have imagined. Um <laughs> It was interesting in the like, okay, like, because also like so much of your self-worth is tied up in your work. You perform a certain way in school. Like you go, you work hard and like everyone always says hard work pays off. So you kind of think of your job as like the culmination of that. If I have worked this hard, I should see X result and the company you work, the amount you make, all of that stuff is tied into that sense of self. Working at my dream company Everything that I had done paid off. So I felt great when I first started working at Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome um, and such a unique experience because I feel like most people yeah. don't hit that, especially at this age. Exactly. And I feel like for a lot of people, like when you get your dream job, like a lot of people, like that dream gets shattered because you're like, oh, it's like a nightmare in some way. So like to actually have gotten that and then like it was as good, it was better than you ever could have thought it was, would be. Um, 
I was elated. I was on the moon. I was... (sighs) (laughs) The wistfulness in her eyes as she recalls these times. I I loved, like, with my entire heart. Like, I never... Like, like everything about it. Like, I love my coworkers. I love the work that I do. I think everyone's so smart. I think that we actually do is interesting. That's not to say that every day is a good day. Like, there are definitely, like, things that annoy me. Personalities that I don't always want to deal with. But, like, overall, for a job, it was very incredible. If you could quantify it, what would you give it? If I had to qualify. Was, was that a 10? That, that was a 10. 10 I, like, can't. If someone was like, what could your job do to get better? I truly would not have an answer. Wow. Like. Wow. True. Like, what else was I missing? That's incredible. Never in my life have I felt that. So I'm I'm jealous. Truly, like, incredible. Wow. And that, like, came down to, like, having a wonderful manager, having mm -hmm. wonderful teammates, having supportive teammates, always feeling heard, always feeling empowered to, like, talk about whatever I needed to talk about, bring up whatever issues I needed to bring up. Dang. So for any young grads looking for a job, these are the things you should be looking for because it is out there. Yeah. It is out there where you yeah. can be really deeply satisfied with what you're doing. I, I, it in theory is out there, but now that I have to find a new job, <laughs> I feel like, what am I going to, right. <laughs> like, what am I going to work in next? Yeah. I don't know how anything else is going to measure up to that. But <laughs> I have questions for you, Joelle. So you are an assistant, like a Hollywood assistant, but later later than is typical. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like that has impacted your sense of self-worth and like just like where you are in terms of your career in relation to other your peers? Mm-hmm. No, that is definitely something I think about because a lot of my coworkers, this is their first job out of college. Yeah. And it's like they kind of knew from the jump, I'm going to be an assistant, grind for a few years. And then by the time they're my age, they would hope to get promoted um, mm-hmm. to coordinator and whatever's next. Uh, so I feel like that was a big hesitation for me when I was coming to my current job, UTA, yeah. because I had been doing the recent grad stuff at BuzzFeed. I thought that my yeah. time as a fellowship, making a very low hourly wage, like I thought that was it. I was like putting in my year and a half doing that. And then I would get brought back with a full-time offer and, yeah. you know, a salary. God forbid we have a salary, you know, and benefits, but that didn't happen for me given the circumstances, changes in leadership, everything that happened at BuzzFeed at the time. Um, So it did freak me out being like, I know that I'm going to UTA as like kind of going back to square one a little bit Mm -hmm. and then rebuilding my education of the entertainment industry and like really being versed in things I had no prior exposure to. Right. Um, but then I feel like when I did get there, I realized that the things I'd learned at my prior job and all my prior experiences allowed me to excel in that job mm. beyond what I could have done just out of college. So I think okay. it did show in my work that I was a little more advanced, like professionally than mm-hmm. some of the other assistants. And this is not to, this is not to rag on any other assistants by any means, but just as you're a little older, yeah. you better hope you gain some skills at yeah. those other jobs and it like, may be more responsible. Literally like knowing how to write an email is a skill. Yeah, and truly. if you didn't learn that in college, you have to learn it in your first job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it did help and it allowed me to get like a little more recognition earlier on. And then I think also something I always worry about was like lost time. Like, did I waste my time Mm. doing what I was doing and, you know, making a wrong decision 
having two entry-level jobs out of yeah. college rather than just one uh, and not progressing up that ladder and getting promoted. But, I mean, you know, you got to believe in a miracle every now and then <laughs> to get to go from my position as an assistant yeah. where most people would get promoted into a either coordinator still at an agency mm-hmm. or to go to the production side either as another assistant yeah. or as, like, an assistant or associate producer. Um I kind of do think it's a miracle that I was brought to a level that I honestly wouldn't have even reached by this point in my life had I stayed at BuzzFeed. Right. Like it's one of those things that just had to happen the way it did for Uh me to end up where I am now. Like if I had stayed at BuzzFeed, I don't think I, I think it would have been a level below where I'm about to start. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of shows me that like you really can't predict what happens and that what might feel like, an L at the mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. is a, you know, could be yeah. a secret W in a lot of different <laughs> ways. How were you feeling in terms of like self-worth and career when you were working as an assistant? And like, now that mm-hmm. you have this new lead producer role, how has that changed? Ooh, I think as an assistant, it's not a very, okay. Actually I'll say this answer changes depending on the context I'm in. Okay. Being an assistant in general is not a, a prestigious role by any means. When you tell someone you're an assistant, they're like, oof. <laughs> Especially at my age when I have friends making like up to millions in other industries. Yeah. And we've been in the game the same amount of time. <laughs> um, so it can be a little like demoralizing just being like, wow, like how do I possibly catch up? Not just for myself, but like, at the point that I want to have a family, the point that I want to send kids to college, like what mm-hmm. am I doing? There's there's repercussions here, um, but so that that can that can take a hit. That can make me feel like a three or four every now and then. Okay. But on the other hand, I working at UTA, uh, there are people that are so excited to know that you work in a major agency. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, like they'll just be a little, be a little extra nice to you. They'll just yeah. know that in the industry, assistants are the ones that end up being at the top at some point, like when yeah. their time comes because they went through this kind of grueling yeah. training experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are times where I realize that like, oh my gosh, like lo and behold, your girl's got some clout. Like that's kind of insane. <laughs> um, that can make me feel like more like a seven. But all that being said, mm-hmm. In terms of my actual understanding of my self-worth, I try to keep it at a pretty level yeah, seven, eight, okay. given having like a, a faith-based background where I know that the fluctuations are always going to be there. Okay. So even if on the outside, there'll be a moment where I'm like, that was a three moment for me of mm. someone being like, can you make how much an hour? You know, <laughs> I, I know, I know that, you know, it'll, it'll net out. Like I have a somewhat maybe irrational faith that it will level out and I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be. To answer the second part of your question about now being in a different role at a less prestigious company, but in a higher level, I feel like there's like the mixed emotions of feeling like, you know, maybe I should have stayed where where there was a little more clout and where people weren't like, Ooh, BuzzFeed's falling off. But (laughs) um, the work I'm about to do is so much more in line with what I feel like I was made to do yeah. and that feels really, really good mm. to just be given the opportunity to show what I can contribute in those areas. Okay. That makes me very yeah. excited. It's a little bit closer to like yeah. the final It's a, a step closer. And at this point, I don't really know where the final thing is. Like yeah. who's to say? Literally so who's to say? So I guess with all this talk of 
you know, making moves in the right step, the right direction, I feel like the idea of a dream job mm-hmm. has become a little more controversial with Gen Z yeah. in being like, I do not dream of labor. Like yeah. I don't aspire for a certain role or position, yeah. which I think is really interesting because we were both raised so much. I feel like to believe that there is something out there that you're really? going to be, I mean, I feel like in the college environment we were in and like whatnot, there's like something that you should be aiming for career-wise, even if it's not necessarily fun or like okay. whatever. There's something that will make you feel like you made it. Like there's yeah. a point that you could yeah. aspire to as yeah. a dream job. Also, um, I think it's just being in college or like not being an adult yet. You view slash landscape of the world just isn't big enough. It's like all throughout high school, you work to get into college. Like you have that end goal all throughout college you're like working to get that first job and then it's always like oh my god like what, what company you're working at what are you doing mm-hmm. how much are you making like that's how like we put so much stock into that first job and then only after we get that job we realize there's 40 more years of that. <laughs> yeah. like just because we have this first job that was the start not mm-hmm. the end mm-hmm. and also there isn't any larger guiding force anymore like you have to go to high school Mm-hmm. or well you don't have to go to high school but like we were all in high school like we all got to college like the assumption was that we would graduate and then now we're all in different careers and nobody has to do anything anymore mm-hmm. um and i think that that's the scary part and why it doesn't feel like nothing feels final anymore mm-hmm. so i guess like with that in mind the concept of a dream job do you believe that a dream job exists <laughs> yes because i had it <laughs> i truly did have my dream job and i was so fortunate um but yeah i i believe in a dream job because i had mm-hmm. that what what qualities made that a dream job for you it was great smart wonderful co-workers it was having a great invested available manager it was having a good work-life balance it was having a job that was flexible like if I wanted to go into the gym in the middle of the day I could do that as long as I got my work done Mm -hmm. it was just like the company felt respectful Mm -hmm. it was very empathetic it treated you like a human being everyone was smart everyone still got their work done Mm -hmm. but it was also still like you're allowed to be a human being like right the air of professionalism like wasn't so like it just wasn't super duper corporate well, that's interesting just because I feel like that's so different from how a lot of people would define their dream job, especially mm. right coming out of college. It's not really thinking about your quality of life necessarily. Mm. Yes, people think about how much they're getting paid and they want to be around smart people. But I feel like at least for me in college and when yeah. I thought about a dream job, that was not things that I considered. I was thinking about like the title I had, the types okay. of projects I was working on, the name of the company I was at yeah. and that sort of thing. And those were like what made the dream and I feel like it shows like two different perspectives of the dream job you had you realized when you got there because it was your lived experience yeah so much more than the people that you mentioned otherwise that maybe get to the brand name company they're hoping for and realize it is simply not what they thought it would be so I think it you know it shows uh, I guess the maturity that comes over time and being Uh in different work environments Uh and being like oh I want the things that I look for in my career are now a little different from you know, what I initially thought, or yeah. even just different types of people valuing different things. Yeah. Because I feel like I definitely have friends that 
are willing to deprioritize their work-life balance because they get the brand name or because they get the pay bump or that yeah. sort of thing. And uh, yeah, just the the range mm-hmm. of what we can find fulfillment in yeah. differs so heavily. I also think it's like a lot of personality factors too, mm-hmm. right? Like I was never going to work at a bank. I was never <laughs> going to work at a consulting firm. I was also going to get this paycheck though. Um, so that was also like a hard balance. And I think that there were only a few industries that I could realistically work in and be Mm -hmm. happy. Um, and also I think that you working in entertainment, knowing that you wanted to work in entertainment. I also think that, well, I guess I'll ask you, what were your priorities in a dream job coming out of college? I feel like growing up, I definitely thought about the name of the company based off of the content that I saw them putting out. So like I, loved disney like Mm. i was so down bad to work for disney i dreamed of being in like their animation division and like being able to make content that people across the world across languages ages ethnicities whatever could enjoy and learn from i thought that was like really beautiful what they were making um once I got into the industry and met one or two people that worked at Disney, I was like, I do not want to work exactly. at Disney. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's being said, Disney, if you want to hire me one day, you know, <laughs> no, 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 never say never. But that, be, that being said, like what I was looking for was a little different. Um, and I think also I had to get exposed to more to learn what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, didn't know if I wanted to be on the production side of things, the creative side, or if mm-hmm. I wanted to be more on the more business side. So it was after more exposure I think that I learned but I did always know that I was aiming for a producer title that's kind of Mm. one north star that I've maintained throughout okay my you know childhood and then tacking on to that as I was exiting college realizing that I loved doing on-screen things yeah kind of threw a wrench in the plan but then added to that okay I want to go somewhere where I can produce and host like those are two end goals I have who knows how long it'll take me to get there Mm -hmm. but literally when I came to UTA I set my password for my email to be producer host so that every time I logged in, I had to remember remember what I initially thought I wanted to do um, so that I wouldn't get sidetracked. And if there came a day where I decided that was no longer true, fine, but I didn't want to get so bogged down in the day-to-day that I forgot what I loved, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up. Uh, And I only say that because now my password's deactivated (laughs) and changed. Um. Okay, so now what is your dream job? Like, what do you think your dream job would be? This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately because the job I'm about to start is those two things. I'm a producer and a host, which is kind of crazy. And I think I didn't realize that I could get here at this point. Maybe similar to what you were experiencing when you first got to Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't know it. Yeah. (laughs) This is what happened this early. Yeah. So I think now more so than focusing on a title... Uh, or a company, I think about the projects that I get to work on and like what type of content I want to make, what messages I'm putting out there. And in fortunately, unfortunately, an industry where everything is very numbers based, I get immediate feedback on all of my projects Mm -hmm. outside of the feedback that my boss gives me the audience, like the world gets to decide how good of a job I'm doing. So I kind of have to now learn how to balance keeping in mind what I want to make, what I feel like is important, what I'm passionate about, and then also taking into consideration things that will resonate with people and things that people actually want to see. I want to touch on that a little bit more because I feel like we we all know how the internet works. Anything Mm -hmm. can go viral that's not like (laughs) 
an indication of quality. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like knowing all of those things, does the numbers that your videos get, does that have an impact on your self-worth? I think it can more than I would like to admit yeah. because I feel like even though I know that it is random, it's so much opportunity, algorithms, like mm-hmm. various different mm-hmm. factors. I feel like my education in the space has been pretty significant. Okay. So it doesn't bother me when something performs badly that I know won't perform that well, that I know is a little like out of left field. It's just something that I want to make. Yeah. But when I create something that I have a little higher expectation for, I feel mm-hmm. like it's following the formula of what I've seen do reasonably well in the past and it doesn't. That's when I'm like, huh like what do i not know after i don't know however many years of being a consumer on the internet and working professionally in this area like what am i missing yeah and that can be like what rattles me a little bit because it is a little more intentional and formulaic rather than just me being creative and fun and doing whatever i want yeah um so those things do bother me okay and i'm very much working on like separating it from my self-worth and just letting it be a metric like a piece of information that will teach me how to do my job better in the future okay interesting yeah yeah it is a little crazy. That being said, anyone <laughs> listening right now, if you want to check out Tasty's <laughs> most recent videos. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hopefully they'll do well without me just being obnoxious, plugging it on the internet. But who knows? Who knows? Really, who knows? I'm excited to see your videos. Thanks, friend. Yeah, and all me of your too. hard work really is paying off. I, Thank you. I recognize it and I Thank see you. it. You do work very hard. Joel works very hard, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Paula. I will say one thing that I also think is fascinating about ending up back at Tasty. Speaking of dream jobs that I forgot to mention was that my dream job when I was a little kid was to have a show on Food Network and to like be Emerald Gossi or Rachel Ray or something. I loved food and I loved cooking, but I was just like very quickly, my parents, my grandparents were all like, Joelle, absolutely not. You are not going to culinary school. No one wants to see an Asian on screen. I'm sorry. Like just cook for your family. Um, But that's also a testament to like how much times have changed. Yeah. So much Asian cuisine, especially Korean cuisine is having a real (laughs) I don't know. Love their tteokbokki. Yeah. Their gochujang. Everything. Um, yeah, so I, I think it really is crazy seeing how life works like that. Yeah. Where the opportunities that absolutely didn't exist uh, in the dream jobs that felt so, so far out of reach. Like, yeah. now I'm kind of about to do yeah. that. Which is That's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, all your dreams yeah. could literally come true. And also, the world changes so fast. Like, mm-hmm. the job that I have now that is my dream job literally did not exist when we were in high school. Yeah. And I do feel like people's skills, interests, and like what they can contribute to the world, like there's a way to make those things align mm-hmm. in adulthood. Mm-hmm. And I guess like the fun part of young adulthood is finding what that means. Yeah. And with that, I think we can just go ahead and end the podcast here. If you enjoyed, please feel free to follow along and check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to follow us along on social media, on Instagram, we are The Smoke Show Pod. And Twitter, we're at Hey Smoke Show. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.